Hi, this is the official podcast of Riverside International Church in Lisbon. Riverside is an international, contemporary, caring, and Christ-centered community. Our vision is to significantly impact the country of Portugal and the regions beyond with the gospel. Thank you for listening to us, and we hope that your life will be impacted by these teachings. God bless. Good morning, everyone. Um, this is a very unusual setting, but we're very, as Gabby said, we're very happy to have you virtually in our living room. Um, and I'm so glad and, and, and really satisfied in God because we can uh, be around God's word, even though we can't be physically with one another. And um, these are very challenging times. In all my, during all my life, I've never been in a situation where I couldn't gather with God's people on a Sunday, and I'm sure many of you, um, the exact same thing. Um, but as we come together um, uh, virtually, we understand, and I think we can value um, now even more the, the privilege that we have uh, when we gather on Sundays, when we worship God uh, collectively. So maybe even this experience will teach us something new of what it means to follow God, what it means uh, to have community um, as we serve him together. So, um, and my prayer is that God will speak uh, to all our hearts the same way that if we were uh, meeting all together. And we will continue our March message series. Um, and the name of the series is Characters. And we decided to do this message series because the people we read in the Bible are not um, fiction characters. Uh, these people are real. They went through real issues. They went through real things. Uh, while worshiping a very real God as well. And they're also complex people. We need to hear from them. We, we need to spend time with them. We have to know their stories because they reveal God in a very incredible way. So as, um, as we continue this message series, we've already been uh, through the story of Samson. And Samson was an incredibly strong man with an incredibly weak will. So not exactly role model material. Uh, then Gabby told us the story of Ananiah, Mishael, and Az Azariah, um, three God-fearing men. Um, beyond, um, they were wise beyond their years, but and they because of that they were quite role model material. And today we're going to talk about David, and God really wanted us to know about this character in the Bible. Um, after Jesus, David is the most referenced person in the whole Bible. We have 66 chapters just about David with his story. We have 59 references in the New Testament about David. We have 73 poems that David wrote that are in the book of Psalms. So obviously we don't have time to cover everything that David ever said and, and did. Um, but there are some very interesting traits that I would like us to think about together. And the first one is how God himself described David. And we find it in the book of Acts, chapter 13, verse 22, when it says, I have found David, the son of Jesse, a man after my own heart, who will do all my will. So David is described by God as a man after his own heart. And he's the only character in the Bible that is ever described in this way. It's an expression in the Hebrew that describes like-mindedness, loyalty, obedience. But what struck me the most as I um, uh, 
study for this message is that God told this about David when David was just 12 to 15 years old. God called David a man after his own heart when he was just a little kid. Now this alone tells me so much about God. Because when God is looking at us, He's not looking for qualifications. God is not looking for life experience. God is not looking for our dreams and our plans. God is looking for the right heart. And He found that in David. And and maybe this morning we all needed to hear this. And God says in 1 Samuel 16 verse 7, The Lord doesn't see things the way you see them. Just this This small sentence in itself is a whole message, a whole message series even. God doesn't see things the way we see them. People judge by outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. So at one time, David's father, Jesse, he brought all of his sons together because the prophet Samuel was going to visit them all um, because he wanted to meet his children because he was going to anoint one of them the next king of Israel. But Jesse didn't call David to this gathering. Maybe he thought, David is just a small kid. David is not that smart. David is just a little shepherd. He takes care of my sheep. David doesn't have uh, an amazing plan for his life. David can't be the one that Samuel is looking for. But the Bible shows us that it was exactly David Samuel was looking for. David was exactly who God was looking for to anoint king. And God sees us even when others cannot see us. He looks at us even when everyone else rejects us. And I hope this brings comfort to you this morning because God knows exactly where you are. God knows exactly your heart. God knows exactly the things you are going through. And He knows that you are seeking Him. He knows that you have the heart for Him. And He has a plan and a purpose that no one or anything can take away from your life. You may not fit into the expectations of others, but God loves you. He made you and He accepts you as you are. And this morning I want to share with you four things that made David a man after God's own heart. And the first one is that David was someone who acknowledged his Creator. From a very young age, David was also a musician and a poet. And this is what David had to say about his God. Uh, Pedro, can you read from the screen, please? For you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place. When I was woven together in the depths of the earth, your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. So David recognized that God was the one who gave him life, who formed him in his mother's womb. So every feature, every hair, every trait was put together by his creator. And so many people choose to live their lives without acknowledging their Creator. But early on, even just being a child, David recognized and saw the glory of God in the way that he was made, in the way that God has given him life. And just this past week, before we all quarantined together, Gabby and I, we met with a a couple 
Uh, and they were telling us their story. And, um, and early, in, uh, when they were still a very young couple, they adopted a, a, a young baby, a young baby girl. Um, and even though she was loved and always taken care of, in her teenage years, she really felt drawn to meet her birth parents. Um, she, she felt the need to go meet the people who had given her life. And, um, and obviously, in some way, she needed to understand where she came from in order to know where she was going. And this reminded me how the human heart is really meant to seek God. And David said this in Psalm 27, verse 8. God, when you said, seek my face, my heart said to you, your face, Lord, I will seek. So our Creator is interested in a true, in a meaningful, in a real relationship with each of us. And the more we find out about who God is, the more we will understand who we are, the more we will understand the purpose, why we were created, the kind of life that God wanted us to share with Him. David also said in Psalm 63, verse 3, My lips will glorify you because your faithful love is better than life. Discovering the beauty of God is the most exciting, the most rewarding, the most beautiful thing that you can do with your life. That is the purpose for we were created. David enjoyed this kind of relationship with God, but in reality, we are all called to enjoy this relationship. If we have lost sense of why we're here, if, if you've lost sense of uh, the, your purpose, of the meaning of your own life, you have to look at your Creator. You have to seek God. You have to look at Him and seek that purpose. Remember that you were created by Him. And as David, I am sure you will find out that God's love is better than life. That is why we're not afraid of death. That is why we're not scared of viruses. We're not scared of walking down the street. We're not scared uh, of what is going to happen tomorrow. We're not scared of uh, going into a car or be on an airplane. Because we know the moment our lives here on earth end, we're going to be with our Father in heaven. We're going to be with the one whose love is better than life itself. So we have to know about God. We have to learn about Him so that we can continue to be with Him. David was also a man after God's own heart because he accepted His truth and goodness. We all need to know what is truth and we all need to know what is good. And God is the source of both. And this is what David had to say about truth. Teach me to live to, according to your truth, for you are my God who saves me. I will always trust in you. So David wasn't seeking what many call today their own truth. For something to be truth, everything else needs to be necessarily false. And David was a man after God's own heart because he recognized that whatever God said, it was the truth. And in Psalm 119 verse 68, uh, David said, you are good. David declared this about God, you are good and do good. Teach me your statutes. So many people in the world, they ask today, is God really good? 
Is God really good um, when there are people suffering, vulnerable to viruses and dying? Is God really good if I'm sick? How can God be good if I'm suffering, if I'm unemployed, if I can't provide for my children? How can God be a good God? And the Bible answers this question in a very, very simple way. The Bible answers this way. God is good. Just that. God doesn't need our approval and our recognition to be good. God is good and He will forever be good. And it's not hard for us to recognize God is good when life feels good. That we have for sure. But when life doesn't feel good, is God still good? And the Bible says, yes, He is. We are called to trust in His Uh, goodness, even when we don't understand, even when we don't feel it, God remains good. The Bible says in Proverbs uh, chapter 14, verse 12, there is a way that seems right to a man, but its end is the way of death. In other words, not everything that seems right is right. Not everything that seems the truth is the truth. Not everything that is generally accepted as good is actually good. And David was a man after God's own heart because he wasn't trying to sort things out for himself. He wasn't just trying to be good according to his standards, according to what pleased him. He valued what God had to say about his life. And he had no problem saying, God, whatever you say goes. God, whatever you are doing, I understand that you are good. God, I don't know what it's going on right now, but I know that you are the truth. God, I can feel it right now, but I know that you're good. God, I may be sick right now, but I know that you are good. God, I don't understand what is going on in the world, but you remain good. God, I feel so much sadness right now, but you are good good. So just like David, we need to turn to God and believe in his goodness, trust in his goodness, regardless of the circumstances. Another way that David was a man after God's own heart is that he gladly waited for God's timing. David gladly waited for God. When David was anointed to be king of Israel, there was this slight problem there was someone else who was the king of Israel. And without getting into much detail, Samuel messed up big time. He never truly repented before God. Uh, Saul, thank you, Gabby. Um, Saul never truly repented of his mess, uh, of messing up. So the Bible says that God rejected him. And he told Samuel to anoint David to be king. But David was just a child, but he knew that God had chosen him. David was fully aware of what Samuel did. And it was only fair, maybe, for David to assume that he should be the one on the throne. That he should be the one rising to the occasion. But we can see in his story that David chose to wait in the Lord. But still, everyone else could see that David was special. That David was, in fact, anointed Um, He was still just this very humble shepherd when he defeated a giant named Goliath that is 
how most people know about David. And he won this very important war against the Philistines. So everyone was just in awe of David. David was the, the best thing after Coca-Cola. David was just amazing. And people starting to, started to praise uh, David a lot more than they ever praised Saul. Now everyone could see what was obvious to David too. Now everyone could see that uh, he would be a much better king than Saul. But David chose to wait in the Lord. And for a while, Saul really liked David. Because anyone who was next to David would look good in the picture. But Saul became increasingly uh, jealous of all the attention uh, that David was getting. And in one occasion, while David was playing music... Samuel grabbed the spear and threw it at David to pierce him and, and, and hang him from the wall. But David dodged that spear. And we all know that David had the right to turn to Saul and take matters into his own hands and get back to the man who tried to kill him. But the Bible says that David chose to, to wait in the Lord. And David had to run away. For four years, David had to leave everything behind, his family, his friends, his fortunes, and he had to live on the run from Saul. And still feeling that David was a threat, Saul was looking for David in the caves where um, David was hiding. So at one occasion, Saul got inside the cave where David was hiding, but he wasn't able to see him. So now David had the perfect opportunity to end all of his problems once and for all. He was right there. It was like God sent Saul for David to have his revenge. But the Bible says that David did not raise his sword against David. Once again, David chose to wait in the Lord. While David was anointed, it wasn't God's timing yet. Now we might feel that we have the right to do something. We might feel that the conditions are just perfect. We might feel that it's only fair that we do it. But God is looking for people who are willing to wait for his perfect timing. David said this in Psalm 31 verse 15. My times are in your hands. Deliver me from the hands of my enemies, from those who pursue me. David was fully aware that God was in control of his life. He refused to panic, to give in to fear, to take matter, the matter into his own hands. And God is looking for those who are willing to wait. My times are in your hands. Again, David said, and uh, in Psalm 37, um, verses 5 to 7, um, Joe Day, can you read, please? Commit your future to the Lord. Trust in Him, and He will act on your behalf. He will vindicate you in broad daylight and publicly defend your just cause. Wait patiently for the Lord. Wait confidently for Him. Amen. So we have to remember that God doesn't need our help to accomplish His plans and purposes. David is an example that we need to commit our future to the Lord. We need to understand that our lives are in His hands. We have to trust in Him and He will act on our behalf. 
as we are seeking justice, as, as we, we try to make ends meet, as we, we don't understand what is going on and maybe there is something more that we have to do, we have to wait in the Lord. We have to be patient because we will see God's hand move in our favor. And as David said, he didn't have to even raise one hand, one finger against his enemies because God was willing to defend his just cause. This is such an amazing, such an important example of how we should live. And so far, David seems picture perfect. He's the best Christian that has ever lived. And he's someone like so many of us would love to be one day. But as I said in the beginning, David is a real person, a person just like us. He is complex and he is far from perfect, actually. Far from perfect is probably a vast understatement. We will see that a man after God's own heart is very capable of offending the heart of God. Someone who is after God's own heart is someone just like everyone else, just like in every other person. So we're going to read a story about David that is going to explain to us that being a person after God's own heart is something that is accessible to all of us. So, Pedro, can you read first, 2 Samuel chapter 11, verses 1 to 5, please? In the spring, at the time when kings go off to war, David sent Joab out with the king's men and the whole Israelite army. They destroyed the Ammonites and besieged Rabbah. But David remained in Jerusalem. One evening, David got up from his bed and walked around on the roof of the palace. From the roof, he saw a woman bathing. The woman was very beautiful, and David sent someone to find out about her. The man said, She is Bathsheba, the daughter of Eliam and the wife of Uriah the Hittite. Then David sent messengers to get her. She came to him, and he slept with her. Now she was purifying herself from her monthly uncleanness. Then she went back home. The woman conceived and sent word to David, saying, I am pregnant. Now this is a, a very, very different story about David. Very different from everything that we've read so far. And we can see that David failed big time. He failed like not many of us have failed in our lives. And when he received this news, David panicked. Bathsheba was pregnant, and at that time, adultery wasn't just something immoral. It was something punished by law. So quickly he decides he must cover up his adultery at all costs. So David tries plan A. What was plan A? This involves calling Bathsheba's husband back from the battlefield so that he would give David some reports but he would try to get him to go home and sleep with his wife. That way, of course, it would be um, seen by everyone that Bathsheba was praying, not by some other men, but by her own husband. But Uriah went, came back from the battlefield. He met with David. But when David uh, told him that he was free to go back home, the Bible says that Uriah didn't go home to be with his wife. 
but he slept at the entrance of the palace. And he told David the following, The ark and Israel and Judah are staying in tents, and my commander Joab and my Lord's men are camped in the open country. How could I go to my house to eat and drink and make love to my wife? As surely as you live, I will not do such a thing. <laughs> so immediately plan A failed. And David had to have a plan B. So what was plan B? It was very similar to plan A. But this time it involved getting Uriah drunk. David invites Uriah to come to his place to a banquet at the palace, makes him get drunk, and then tells him to go home and be with his wife again. But even drunk, Uriah still wouldn't go home. Even, even drunk, Uriah was more sober than David, which is quite amazing. And you're probably familiar with the pattern in many TV shows like Friends. One person messes up, and then trying to cover it up, they mess up even more and more. And eventually the truth comes out, someone apologizes, and they get back at being friends again. So you know the deal. It's pretty much the story of every episode, of every TV show that has ever existed. Unfortunately, this is not the case with David. In desperation, David hits upon plan C. And what is plan C? David sends Uriah back to the battlefield. But instructing Joab, the commander, to send Uriah to the front line of the battle, leaving him alone when the enemy attacked. And the Bible tells us that plan C worked. Uriah was killed in battle. Bathsheba was now a widow, so David was free to marry her and have his baby. Joab was going to keep quiet and not say anything about what the king did. And David could pretend that everything was back to normal. And I know that hearing this story makes us uncomfortable. It really makes me uncomfortable. But this is an invitation for us to look at David not as David the role model, but David the human being. Later, God used the prophet Nathan to confront David about his sin. And we can read that David wasn't defensive. David wasn't proud. But he humbled himself before God and asked for his forgiveness. Pedro, can you read Psalm 51 verses 1 to 4? The psalm, the poem, the prayer that um, David did after all of this happened. Have mercy on me, O God, according to your unfailing love. According to your great compassion, blot out my transgressions. Wash away all my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. For I know my transgressions and my sin is always before me. Against you, you only, have I seen and done what is evil in your sight. So we can clearly see that even a man after God's own heart is capable of messing everything up. And as human beings, we all have the potential to mess everything up. Under the right circumstances, you and I, we will do the wrong thing. And this worries us, and it should worry us. But the Bible says the following, and it's a verse that all of us know by heart, I'm sure. For everyone has sinned, we all fall short of God's glorious standard. 
We may sin in different areas, but still, sin is a sin. Everyone has sinned. We're all in this together. And the Bible carries on saying the following. If we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. There is no human being, there is no person on this earth that can claim, I am without sin. If you say that, you are deceiving yourself and the truth is not in you. But the Bible continues saying, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. A child of God is someone who admits he is a sinner, not just a human being, not just flawed, not just imperfect is someone that admits, I am a sinner. I have done what is wrong in the eyes of God. And when we admit who we are, we experience, we are able to experience who God truly is. And the Bible says that God is faithful. God is faithful because He sent Jesus to this world to be the way, the truth, and the life. That is how faithful God is to us. But God is also just. God is just because Jesus died on the cross to pay the penalty for my sins and your sins. Jesus is the one that makes possible for us to be forgiven. And He is able not just to forgive us. He is able to purify us according to God's word. He is able to clean our hearts. He is able to clean our minds. He is able to clean our souls to take away the heaviness and the stains of unrighteousness from us. Imperfect as David was, David is an example of how there is no sin that we confess before God that he is not able to forgive. God is an example that there's uh, no heart that is so stained that God can't purify And maybe this morning you need to come clean before God so that He will be able to make you clean. Maybe you've been carrying the sins of your life. Maybe you have been carrying the consequences of your wrongdoings. And maybe, just maybe, you you have a heart like David. You have a heart after God's own heart. But still, we are very capable of doing what offends the very heart of God. So David is an invitation for us to come to God. Come to God with an open heart, with an open mind. And if there are things in our lives that God really needs to take care of, there are things that He needs to clean, there are things in our lives that He needs to purify, we just have to come before God like David. Come with an open heart. Come confessing your sin. Come admitting that you are a sinner. And God is more than willing to come into your heart and clean everything that needs to be made clean. So through David, we understand what is a man, what is a person after God's own heart. And we understand what God is looking for. He is not looking for perfection. If God was looking for perfection, he can just look at himself because he is perfect. But God chooses to look at us because He knows the kind of heart that He is looking for. He knows that we are all fallen. But we can develop a heart 
that acknowledges him as creator and king. He wants to have a relationship with those he has uniquely and beautifully made. God is looking for people who develop a heart that is submitted to him. A heart that trusts that God is good regardless of circumstances. A heart that is willing to surrender to his timings. And we couldn't have a better time for us to submit to his timings. Life doesn't go at our pace, at our rhythm. We have to submit to God, to whatever He is doing on this earth, to this planet. And instead of, of being fragilized, instead of surrendering to panic, it's a time that God is giving us an opportunity. This is a time that God is giving us as His church an opportunity to turn to Him. So we don't know how long this uh, season will last. But don't you forget one thing. God is still looking at your heart. God is with you 24-7. His presence is with you to give you wisdom, to give you peace, to give you love. So don't go seek those things in entertainment. Don't go seek those things in video chats. Don't go seek those things where you will not be able to find them. Take the time that you need. Take the time that God is giving you for you to seek his heart. And lastly, a heart that is humble to confess and seek forgiveness. And I don't know exactly what are the, the points that God is speaking clearly to you this morning. But my prayer, um, and we're all going to pray together, is that wherever you are, you are free to seek God, you are free to kneel, you are free to pray to God when, with your own words. But this is a time that even us here, we want to submit to God and we want to be in God's presence. We want to hear from Him. If there is a way in our hearts and lives that God needs to point out that we need to change, let us be willing to change. Let us be willing to confess. If we haven't been surrendering our times before Him, we've just accompanied the pace of, of life that life has naturally drawn us to. Maybe this is a time to say to God, God, what is your plan for my life? What is your purpose? What is, the, what is that, the thing that you want to do with my life? And maybe, just maybe, we need to abandon our assumptions of who God is, of what is the truth, of what is good, and really seek from God, God, teach me your goodness. Teach me your truth. Allow me to live and understand um, and live my life in such a way that I will honor you fully, just like David did. And we're going to sing once again, uh, and I'll invite Pedro and, and Jamil to come. And we're going to sing one last song. Um, but allow me to pray for you wherever you are. Uh, I'll invite you to close your eyes and, and just pay attention um, to what the Holy Spirit is saying to you this morning. I really hope and I pray that God... Um, has spoken to your heart this morning. Um, so let us all invite the Holy Spirit to apply His Word into our hearts. Amen. Father God, we are so grateful, so grateful for who You are. So grateful that we have this blessed work to rely on, even in times of trouble, even in times of suffering. We can take comfort in knowing who You are in us. Thank You, Lord Jesus, for... You are our Savior. You are our friend. 
You are our counselor. You are with us at all times, under all circumstances, Lord. You are there. Thank you that all things um, are in your control. Thank you that we can rely on a God that is bigger and higher than anyone else. Bigger than anything else. Thank you that your church is following you and loves you. Regardless of circumstances, regardless uh, of the, the means that we have, regardless of our possessions, Lord, we want to bring to you a heart that is humble. We want to bring a heart that is after your own heart. We want you to develop this heart in us, Lord. Help us to be the person that you want us to be. Help us to have the heart that you want to see in us. And Lord, we want to ask forgiveness. We want to ask for forgiveness if we haven't been following you the way that you are meant to be followed. Forgive us if we haven't been paying attention to our Creator, to our King. Lord, will you speak to all of our hearts together this morning? Confront us with what needs to be changed. But Lord, help us to take joy and peace in knowing that you are faithful and just. And knowing that you have a character that will never change. Knowing that you are God forever and ever. And Lord, you willingly take us into your mighty arms and forgive us. And you are continuing the work that you've started in our hearts and lives when Jesus came in to be our Lord and Savior. I pray, Lord, that your peace and love will flood all of our hearts this morning. That we will all taste the sweetness of your Holy Spirit. The Spirit that unites us regardless of where we are meeting. Of how we are meeting. Jesus, you are with us. Lord, be with all our brothers and sisters. Be with this world that has many times turned his back on you. We pray, Lord, that this will be a time where your name, your mighty name, will be made known to all mankind. Where your love and salvation will be proclaimed by all means possible. Whether it is through internet, satellite TV, radio, books, Lord, whatever it is available for people to know you, Lord, we pray that your name will be made known on this planet, on this earth. May the knowledge of God flood the whole earth as the church and the body of Christ seeks the very presence of God. Thank you, Lord, because we know that this is your plan. This is what has been revealed through your word. You haven't promised us that we will always be healthy you haven't promised us that we will always have money. You haven't promised us that life will always go easy on us. In this world we will have trouble. But we will not fear because you are with us. Thank you Lord because we can proclaim the goodness of God. We can proclaim the truth of God. Not only for ourselves and our family but for this whole world. Via Instagram and Facebook. Thank you Lord. That your word is still saving people today. That your word is still giving hope to those who are hopeless. Lord, help us to turn to you with all our hearts. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for everything you are doing. And we pray, trusting in the power of your name. 
trusting in your plans, trusting in your timing, resting in your mighty arms the same way that David did. Thank you, Lord, so much for what you are doing in us and through us. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Thank you, Lord Jesus. We hope that God has touched your heart with the message that he wants to tell us. If you would like to be updated with the things that are happening in our church, you will follow us on Facebook and Instagram by searching for Riverside Lisbon. Thank you for listening.